Chapter 6 Dahl, where are you going? Duval said. She and the others were standing in the middle of the Angelus 5 space station corridor, watching Dahl unexpectedly split off from the group. Come on, run shore leave, she said. Time to get smashed. And laid, Finn said. Smashed and laid, Duval said. Not necessarily in that order. Not that there's anything wrong with doing it in that order, Finn said. See, I bet that's why you don't get a lot of second dates, Duval said. We're not talking about me, Finn reminded her. We're talking about Andy, who's ditching us. He is, Duval said. Andy, don't you want to get smashed and laid with us? Oh, I do, Dahl assured her. But I need to make a hyperwave first. You couldn't have done that on the Intrepid? Hansen asked. Not this wave, no, Dahl said. Duval rolled her eyes. This is about your current obsession, isn't it? She said. I swear, Andy, ever since you got a bug in your ass about Jenkins, you're no fun anymore. Ten whole days of brooding? Lighten up, you moody bastard. Dahl smiled at this. I'll be quick, I promise. Where will you guys be? I've got us a suite at the station Hyatt, Hansen said. Meet us there. We'll be the ones quickly losing our sobriety. Finn pointed to Hester. And in his case, his virginity. Nice, Hester said, but then actually grinned. Be there in a few, Dahl promised. Better be, Hansen said. And then he and the rest wandered down the corridor, laughing and joking. Dahl watched them go, and then headed to the shopping area of the station, looking for a wave station. He found one wedged between a coffee shop and a tattoo parlor. It was barely larger than a kiosk, and had only three wave terminals in it, one of which was out of service. A drunken crewman of another ship was loudly arguing into one of the others. Dahl took the third. "'Welcome to Surf Point Hyperwave,' the monitor read, and then listed the permanent cost of opening a wave. A five-minute wave would eat most of his pay for the week, but this was not entirely surprising to Dahl. It took a large amount of energy to open up a tunnel in space-time and connect in real time with another terminal light-years away. Energy cost money. Dahl took out the anonymous credit chit he kept on hand for things he didn't want traced directly to his own credit account, and placed it on the payment square. The monitor registered the chit and opened up a send panel. Dahl spoke a phone address back at Academy and waited for the connection. He was pretty sure that the person he was calling would be awake and moving about. The W kept all of its ships and stations on universal time, because otherwise the sheer number of day lengths and time zones would make it impossible for anyone to do anything. But the Academy was in Boston. Dahl couldn't remember how many time zones behind that was. The person on the other end of the line picked up, audio only. "'Whoever you are, you're interrupting my morning jog,' she said. Dahl grinned. "'Morning, Casey,' he said. "'How's my favorite librarian?' "'Shit!' "'Andy!' Casey said. A second later, the video feed kicked in, and Casey Zane popped up, smiling. The USS Constitution behind her. "'Jogging the Freedom Trail again, I see,' Dahl said. "'The bricks make it easy to follow,' Casey said. "'Where are you?' "'About three hundred light-years away, and paying for every inch of it on this hyperwave,' Dahl said. "'Got it,' Casey said. "'What do you need?' "'The Academy Archive would have blueprints of every ship in the fleet, right?' Dahl asked. "'Sure,' Casey said. "'All the ones that the W wants to acknowledge exist, anyway.' "'Any chance they'd be altered or tampered with?' "'From the outside?' "'No,' Casey said. "'The archives don't connect to outside computer systems, partly to avoid hacking. "'All data has to go through a live librarian. "'That's job security for you.' "'I suppose it is,' Dahl said. "'Is there any chance I can get you to send me a copy of the Intrepid Blueprints?' 
I don't think they're classified, so it shouldn't be a problem, Casey said. Although I might have to redact some information about the computer and weapons systems. That's fine, Dahl said. I'm not interested in those anyway. That said, you're actually on the Intrepid, Casey said. You should be able to get the blueprints out of the ship's database. I can, Dahl said. There have been some changes to a few systems on board, and I think it'll be useful to have the original blueprints for compare and contrast. Okay, Casey said. I'll do it when I get back to the archives, a couple of hours at least. That's fine, Dahl said. Also, do me a favor and send it to this address, not my W address. He recited an alternate address, which he had created anonymously on a public provider while he was at the academy. You know I have to record the information request, Casey said. That includes the address to which I'm sending the information. I'm not trying to hide it from the W, Dahl said. No spy stuff, I swear. Says the man using an anonymous public hyperwave terminal to call one of his best friends, rather than routing it through his own phone, Casey said. I'm not asking you to commit treason, Dahl said. Cross my heart. All right, Casey said. We're pals and all, but espionage isn't in my job description. I owe you one, Dahl said. You owe me dinner, Casey said. The next time you're in town, the life of an archive librarian isn't that horribly exciting, you know. I need to live vicariously. Trust me, at this point, I'm seriously considering taking up the life of a librarian myself, Dahl said. Now you're just pandering, Casey said. I'll wave you the stuff when I get in the office. Now get offline before you don't have any money left. Dahl grinned again. Later, Casey, he said. Later, Andy, she said, and disconnected. There was a guest in the suite when Dahl got there. Andy, you know Lieutenant Kerensky, Duval said in a curiously neutral tone of voice. She and Hester were on either side of Kerensky, who had an arm around each of them. They seemed to be propping him up. Sir, Dahl said. Andy, Kerensky said slurringly. He disengaged from Duval and Hester, took two stumbling steps, and clapped Dahl on the shoulder with the hand that was not holding his drink. We are on shore leave. We leave rank behind us to you right now. I am just Anatoly. Go on, say it. Anatoly, Dahl said. See? That wasn't so hard, was it? Kerensky said. He drained his drink. I appear to be out of a drink, he said, and wandered off. Dahl raised an eyebrow at Duval and Hester. He spotted us just before we entered the hotel and attached himself like a leech, Duval said. A drunken leech, Hester said. He was blasted before we got here. A drunken horny leech, Duval said. The reason he has his arm around my shoulder is so he can grope my tit. Lieutenant or not, I'm about to kick his ass. Right now the plan is to get him drunk enough to pass out before he attempts to molest Duval, Hester said. Then we dump him down a laundry chute. Shit, here he comes again, Duval said. Kerensky was indeed stumbling back toward the trio. His progress was more lateral than forward. He stopped to get his bearings. Why don't you leave him to me, Dahl said. Seriously? Duval said. Sure, I'll babysit him until he passes out, Dahl said. Man, I owe you a blowjob, Duval said. What? Dahl said. What? Hester said. Sorry, Duval said. In ground forces, when someone does you a favor, you tell them you owe them a sex act. If it's a little thing, it's a hand job. Medium, blow job. Big favor, you owe them a fuck. Force of habit, it's just an expression. Got it, Dahl said. No actual blow job forthcoming, Duval said, to be clear. It's the thought that counts, Dahl said, and turned to Hester. What about you? You want to owe me a blow job too? 
I'm thinking about it, Hester said. What's this I hear about blowjobs? Kerensky said, finally wobbling up. Okay, yes, one ode, Hester said. Excellent, Dahl said. See the two of you later, then. Hester and Duval backed away precipitately. Where are they going? Kerensky asked, blinking slowly. They're planning a birthday party, Dahl said. Why don't you have a seat, sir? He motioned to one of the couches in the suite. And it's holy, Kerensky said. Gotta hate it when people use rank on shore leave. He fell heavily into the couch, miraculously not spilling his drink. We're all brothers in the service, you know. Well, except those of us who are sisters. He peered around, looking for Duval. I like your friend. I know, Dahl said, also sitting. She saved my life, you know, Kerensky said. She's an angel. You think she likes me? No, Dahl said. Why not? Kerensky blithered, hurt. Does she like women or something? She's married to her job, Dahl said. Oh, well, married, Kerensky said, apparently not hearing the rest of what Dahl said. He drank some more. You mind if I ask you a question, Dahl said. With the hand not holding his drink, Kerensky made little waving motions as if to say, go ahead. How do you heal so quickly, Dahl asked. What do you mean, Kerensky asked. Remember when you got the Moravian plague? Of course, Kerensky said. I almost died. I know, Dahl said. But then a week later, you were leading the away team I was on. Well, I got better, you see, Kerensky said. They found a cure. Yes, Dahl said. I was the one who brought the cure to Commander King. That was you? Kerensky said, then lunged at Dahl, enveloping him in a bear hug. Kerensky's drink slopped up the side of the glass and deposited itself down the back of Dahl's neck. You saved my life, too. This room is filled with people who saved my life. I love you all. Kerensky started weeping. You're welcome, Dahl said, prying the sobbing lieutenant off his body as delicately as he could. He was aware of everyone else in the room studiously ignoring what was happening on the couch. My point was, even with the cure, you healed quickly. And then you were seriously injured on the away mission I was on. And yet a couple of days later, you were fine. Oh, well, you know, modern medicine is really good, Kerensky said. Plus, I've always been a fast healer. It's a family thing. We've got stories about one of my ancestors in the Great Patriotic War. He was in Stalingrad. Took, like, 20 shots from Nazi bullets and still kept coming at them. He was unreal, man. So I... Inherited that gene, maybe. He looked down at his drink. I know I had more drink than this, he said. It's a good thing you heal so fast, considering how often you get hurt, Dahl ventured. I know, Kerensky said suddenly and forcefully. Thank you! No one else notices. I mean, what the hell is up with that? I'm not stupid or clumsy or anything, but every time I go on an away mission, I get all fucked up. Do you know how many times I've been, like, shot? Three times in the last three years, Dahl said. Yes, Kerensky said. Plus all that other shit that happens to me. You know what it is? Fucking Captain and King have a voodoo doll of me or something. He sat there brooding, and then showed every sign of being about to drift into sleep. 
A voodoo doll, Dahl said, startling Kerensky back into consciousness. You think so? Well, no, not literally, Kerensky said, because that's just stupid, isn't it? But it feels like it. It feels like whenever the captain and king have an away mission they know is going to be all fucked up, they say, Hey, Krinsky, this is a perfect away mission for you. And then I go off and, like, get my spleen punctured. And half the time is some stupid thing I have no idea about, right? I'm an astrogator, man. I am a fucking... Brilliant astrogator. I want to just astrogate, right? Why don't you point that out to the captain and king, Dahl said. Kerensky sneered, and his lip quivered at the effort. Because what the hell am I gonna say, he said, and started making Humpty Dumpty movements. Oh, I can't go on this mission, Captain Commander King. Let someone else get stabbed through the eyeball for a change. He stopped with the movements and was quiet for a second. Besides, I don't know. It, it seems to make sense at the time, you know? No, I don't know, Dahl said. When a captain tells me I'm going to be on an away mission, it's like some other part of my brain takes over, Kerensky said. He sounded like he was trying to puzzle through something. I get all confident, and it seems like there's a perfectly good reason for a goddamn astrogator to take medical samples or fight killer machines or whatever. Then I get back on the Intrepid, and I think to myself, what the fuck was I just doing? Because it doesn't make sense, does it? I don't know, Dahl said again. Kerensky looked lost in thought for a second, then waved it all away. Anyway, fuck it, right? He said, brightening up. I've lived another day. I'm on shore leave. I'm with people who saved my life. He lunged at Dahl again, even more sloppily. I love you, man. I do. Let's get another drink and then go find some hookers. I want a blowjob. You want a blowjob? I've already got two on order, Dahl said. I'm good. Oh, okay, Kerensky said. That's good. And then he began to snore, his head nestled on Dahl's shoulder. Dahl looked up and saw his four friends staring down at him. You all owe me blowjobs, he said. How about a drink instead, Finn said. Deal, Dahl said. He glanced down at Kerensky. What do we do about Sleeping Beauty here? There's a laundry chute outside, Hester said, hopefully.